As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. Every single day I come in here, I think about winning. You know, I don't do this year-round to come in and not make the playoffs. I'm sick of that shit, and uh, I want to keep winning. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. The Raiders getting ready for their Christmas morning trip to Kansas City, taking on the Chiefs. Uh, 6-8, and eight, coming off that win over the Chargers. And, you know, mathematically still alive. We, we know it's obviously a long shot in terms of the playoffs, but an opportunity... If you're the Raiders, the one thing you, you want to show, if you want to prove that you deserve to be the coach of this team, is you want to show that you can be competitive and you can beat the Chiefs. And going to Kansas City and taking the Chiefs down would, would be a big step for him in terms of his chances of being a head coach. This is the Chiefs team that is down. And I think if your team's in the AFC West that are disappointed maybe with what you've done this season, that's probably part of the reason you might be disappointed is because this is a Chiefs team that you know, is, is not the, the same dominant team they've been over the last, you know, seven, eight years. And, uh, and so it's an opportunity for the Raiders on Monday, Christmas morning, to see what they can do and, and see what kind of challenge they can give the Chiefs on Christmas morning. Yeah, I think uh, Antonio Pierce said it really well himself. It's an opportunity. It's a great opportunity for this team to kind of show that they're on, on the right track and kind of follow up on that big win last week. I think it's on national TV again, so they're a huge audience for the uh, Antonio Pierce uh, resume-building uh, campaign. I think the players definitely want him to be their guy, so um, the effort should be there. It's been there every week. So just a matter of matchups. They've had good starts against the Chiefs in the past. you got to kind of carry that out and, uh, and uh, you know, not, not break down defensively. It's kind of funny, like how the Chiefs. It's kind of reminds me a little bit as going into the the first matchup last year. You know, when the Chiefs got off to that shaky start, and they were all saying, "Is is it all over?" And I mean, you look at the numbers, and they're like top ten offense, top ten defense. And it's like, oh, okay, they're still. Was that was that last year that Vic declared going into that game that the Raiders were <laughs> yeah. the better team? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, it's, it's all for the hot uh, takes, man. You know, it's all for the fans out there. I think there. that was like the one in four Raiders too, by the way. But. uh 
yeah. So I mean, I, I I don't. I usually like I'm a little wary about you know writing the Chiefs off. I know they lost three of their five since the bye week, but you know they're still the Chiefs. They still have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and their defense is probably the best one that they've had um, in this current iteration of the franchise. And Arrowhead's always tough to go in there and get a, get a road win, and so gonna be be a challenging one but uh, i will say the raiders are, are confident just like you you get the sense like talking to guys in the locker room like they really think they have a chance to beat them and that they're going to beat them you know even in the road in this kind of a setup setup and so their confidence hasn't waned at all um and i think that's been a consistent thing under antonio pierce like you know win or lose like that's been consistent with them and so obviously it doesn't guarantee results but they're not gonna not gonna back down going into this one yeah, I'm curious to see how this defense plays. Obviously, the Raiders' defense has been playing like one of the top defenses in the, the league in the last few weeks. We'll see how they perform against the Chiefs, who, as we talked about, they're kind of struggling on offense to find a pass catcher that isn't named Travis Kelsey to rely on. And Rasheed Rice has kind of become that player, but he's still kind of like this bubble screen underneath yak type of uh, receiver that you know you, you can't stop if you put some extra resources his way or you just tackle well. They they still don't have that downfield guy that they uh, they're looking for, and Justin Watson is kind of that guy, but he's not really uh, a game breaker. So I, I'm curious to see how if this defense can corral the Chiefs and hold them under you know maybe 27 points or keep them out of the upper 20s. Um, I, I think that's the only way they, they win this game. The conditions of this game are, are not going to be ideal, uh, especially if you're looking at Aiden O'Connell. Um, coming off, of obviously, a very strong game against the Chargers. There was you know, a lot of a lot of turnovers that, that kind of set them up in great position. But the current forecast for Monday at Arrowhead Stadium is uh, 39 degrees. It says much colder with occasional rain, uh, 91% chance of rain, 24% chance of snow. So we're sitting in that, uh, in, in that range where, you know, 39 degrees, it's... You know, you know, if, if it dips a little bit, could get snow, could get that nice little wet wintry mix where that, that's that's not fun. That's not going to be fun to play in. Um, and we know kind of the narrative around the the former quarterback uh, of this team and how he did in, in cold weather. Uh, so a, a chance for Aiden O'Connell to show what he can do in this kind of conditions. But points could be at a premium if uh, if the conditions are really sloppy. Yeah, I think the combination of that and also these are, have been two, you know, top 10-ish defenses all year long. So. Yeah, I would imagine it's be a lower score scoring game, and you know, Aiden O'Connell wise, I mean, he's you know played in the Big Ten for you know seventeen years at Purdue, so I mean, you have plenty of experience in these types of climates. So it should be right at you know, grew up in Illinois, it should be right at home for him. They don't play many games in late December though. He had a good start against the Chiefs last time, so like for him, it's I guess just confidence knowing that he can do that again, hopefully. And I think um, you know the same things are true for him in, in any kind of weather. He has to like you know, have good uh, pocket presence. He has to, he can't move that well, so he has to kind of be anticipating things before they happen and kind of get guys you know, throw them open. But um, we've seen both the good and bad with Aiden so far, so this is another a step in his maturation. And let's see if he. I'm sure he wants to prove he can be a guy who can compete for the starting job, and this will be a great test for him to, to kind of show that. Yeah, it's one of those games where, like, I know we've been saying it all season, but, like, I think the run game is going to be really important. But it might be kind of tough for them in this one. I mean, obviously, Josh Jacobs, you know, he missed last game with a quad injury. You know, he hasn't practiced so far this week. I know Antonio Pierce said on Monday that he expects it, him to give it a go. But even outside of him, I mean, their center, Andre James, you know, he's been banged up. Uh, missed the last game with an ankle injury. Colton Miller hasn't played in a couple weeks with a shoulder injury. Um, Dylan Parham has an illness. And so, like... 
if Jacobs isn't 100 percent and you got three offensive linemen that aren't 100 percent against a pretty good Chiefs defense, it might be kind of tough for them to to run the ball on this one. For what it's worth, Aiden O'Connell does have bigger hands than Derek Carr. Nine and three fourth compared to nine and one eighth. So, you know, maybe ball security will be a little bit better in, in this bad weather game. <laughs> have you seen Aiden O'Connell's ball security this season? Uh, I'm just saying, you know, in, in the bad weather, maybe the, the extra little bit of length in, in the hand, hands make a difference. But in the past, I would have said maybe bad weather would favor the, the Raiders. But I think in this game, I, I actually think it favors the Chiefs a little bit more because they now this version of Chiefs are a little bit more used to kind of the grind it out, find a way to score, uh, play defense, uh, game script. Whereas um, I think the Raiders need to hit some big plays against this Chiefs defense, and it's going to be harder to do with some bad weather conditions. You know, I, I think uh, the emergence of Trey Tucker, you know, you would hope to play a big role in this game because the Chiefs play so much aggressive coverage and they like to double uh, Devontae Adams that Trey Tucker might get some one-on-ones. And he, he didn't have a big game against them the first time around, but uh, I think after that Chargers game, you want to be able to hit him a couple times and. I think that will be in the game plan, but we'll see whether uh, O'Connell can take advantage of those opportunities with, with some bad weather. I thought you were going to say that Aiden's got bigger balls than Derek, but I guess you went, you went a different way. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> we, we usually save that kind of stuff for the end of the podcast, Vic. How are we supposed to react to that? <laughs> I was going to say the Chiefs has got. I guess I'm, 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 I'm moving right on. I'm moving right on. Deflate gate joke. I'm moving right along. Is that what you've been studying in locker room? I'm moving right along, man. So the, the, Chiefs got some, the Chiefs got something to prove. Also, I think people are doubting them. I think they also they can still get the, the top seed in, in the conference if they went out and the Ravens lose the game, which the Ravens have a very tough schedule. So. I think the Chiefs definitely will have an edge this game we haven't probably seen in the last few matchups against the Raiders. You took Chiefs points in your column this I week. Did. I did. I'm a hater. Yeah. I'm a hater, but I just think, I mean, last week was great, but I really, I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I have a feeling that that result was a lot more about the Chargers than it was about the Raiders. But, um, and again, I think the Chiefs have something to prove. I think they're probably the better team at this point, and nothing against the Raiders. They've played well, and they've played hard, and... They've gotten better under AP, but it's still, I think there's a gap there. I think this is a tough game on the road, tough place to play, the weather, uh, rookie quarterback who I think has not done that well in, in adverse situations so far this year. So um, defense will you know, be tested. So I just think the Chiefs uh, probably, like last time, they, uh, the second half of that last game, they kind of dominated. So I think it won't be that bad, but I think they'll, uh, they'll win by a couple scores. Do you think the offensive line would be reshuffled with, Miller back and Parham playing well at center, or do you think this is going to go back to the regular O-line lineup? Uh, I mean, Andre James was limited yesterday, and so we'll see if he's able to progress enough before Christmas to to actually return. But if he's going to play, I would imagine he would return to center and Dylan Parham at left guard and Colton Miller at left tackle. So, I mean, if everybody's healthy, I would imagine they go back to their, their usual lineup and Send Thayer Munford back to the bench, Jordan Meredith, um, and those guys. And so it just depends. Obviously, if, if one of those guys can't go, then that, that leads to some shuffling. I think Thayer's shown enough that, I mean, I guess next year he can definitely make a push. They wanted to make a push this year for their right tackle spot, but he couldn't beat out Jermaine. But I think he's shown some growth, and he's a guy you can maybe project as a starting tackle uh, next season. I thought last week he looked really good at left tackle. You know, with his movement skills, and yeah, he, he looked like by far his best game as a pro. So, 
you know, I wonder if he's more comfortable at the left or if maybe he could translate that play to the right side. Then, you know, you have a young tackle that you might be able to, to, to build on. So, you know, if there is any reshuffling with the totally healthy line, maybe it's Mumford for Illuminor. And I know Illuminor has been playing well, too. But, you know, usually you go with the, the younger guy if you think that you're going to get around the same level from from those two players. Yeah, I mean, I think that might be more of an offseason thing. Um, both of them are on expiring deals and pretty – or not – no, Munford's still on his rookie deal, but Illuminor's going to be a free agent this offseason. And so, you know, if you feel like Munford is ready to take that step to be a full-time starter, then you can, you know, allocate those funds elsewhere. I mean, I think this has to be an offseason where you finally see some investment on that offensive line where, you know, maybe if you feel good about Munford, but you still want to go in and, and either draft, you know, draft a right tackle highly or bring in somebody in free agency. Like they, they just can't be another offseason where you said, hey, you know, Thayer Munford played really well in, in week 15 against the Chargers. Uh, let, let's just go ahead and roll through with that, and, and that's our right tackle of the future. You know, we've seen that in the last couple of years where they, you know, last year they, I think they were overconfident in what their line did and decided to roll back and um, haven't really, you know, made, made a huge investment on that group. And I think this offseason, whoever comes in as coach, GM, whatnot, that, that has to be a priority, especially because you're, you're either going to be, you know, starting, you know, a rookie quarterback or maybe giving Aiden O'Connell a chance or bringing somebody else new in, whatever it's going to be, you're going to need to support them. And so I think they're going to need to, you know, if you can go into next year and say, like, we feel really good about Munford being at worst our swing tackle, then that's probably a good thing. So maybe that's why you give Munford the rest of these games to to start so you at least have a better evaluation of him moving forward because Illuminor is a free agent. You don't know if you're getting him back. And maybe you decide to play Parham at center too to see what you have there at center. And you know you could evaluate where you need to rebuild this offensive line moving forward. Yeah, AP's given Jermaine a lot of praise recently. I think uh, I can't imagine they'd bench him, especially the last week he played well against Khalil. I think um, I'd be I'd be really surprised if he didn't get those starts the rest the rest of the year. Yeah, and Daniel Hunter too against the Vikings. Uh, even though the offense sucked, but like, yeah, I mean at this point they're going to start their best five. Like this, you know, they're still trying to win. They have their slim playoff hopes. Like they're not going into play a bunch of young guys development mode just yet. So. But this is a mentality that, you know, holds holds the Raiders back. You know, you you start trying to invest into the present where you're not yeah, really man, they're trying to trying to win fucking jobs, playoffs. man. They, they can't be building for the future. They don't know if they're going to be there for the future. I, I get it. They're I like, get fuck it. the future. I, I'm just saying. We're trying to, trying to go undefeated and fuck, get this job. Man. Fuck the future. I, get it. I fuck mean, the- if you're Antonio Pierce, this we don't know how his career is going to go. I mean, this might be his best shot at an NFL head coaching job. You know, if he doesn't get this job, I mean, who 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 knows what what kind of happens as as he goes along in his coaching career. I mean, so he's got to do everything possible to kind of prove that he can get this team on the right track and and try to get this job. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, we're going to take a bunch of questions here. It's Christmas time. We'll, uh, we'll... Head over to the tree and, and open up some gifts. Uh, we'll start with <laughs> this one over, from. Head over the tree. Turn on the I, 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 I've, I've got the a tree right behind. 
trying to you guys got, I got the tree right behind me. I am I'm standing in front of my tree. So, all right, GQ wants to know how will the rain and cold weather affect the game plan offensively? Pound the rock, see if uh, you can uh, you, you can push them forward. Yeah, I mean, if, if Josh Josh Jacobs is healthy, I mean, 25 carries has been the maybe not coming off the injury, but maybe between him and Zamir White, you know, a combination of the two. You know, I would I would imagine they they take a a run first approach. You know, this Chiefs defense. They're really strong against the pass, and, and they're, they're okay against the run. And so I think you could have some some more success if you're able to generate some push up front, which has obviously been a challenge for the O-line all year. But, yeah, I think, you know, especially if the conditions are ugly and your defense is playing well, I would imagine they'd, they'd come out with a, with a run-first approach. Yeah, it's a good chance to kind of assert your will, I think, kind of be the team that AP wants them to be. I think you know, teams have done well against the Raiders this year have stacked the box, and that probably would be the case if the weather's bad. On Monday, but you gotta try. You gotta try and at least get that running game going and give Aiden some uh, a little, a little more leeway in terms of what he can do, and not to have uh, too much pressure on him. But also, you got to take a few shots to Trey Tucker, and <laughs> yeah, I just feel like you you have to take at least three shots to Trey Tucker um, in this game, and we'll see how the weather affects those, those shots. If uh, O'Connell could chuck the ball deep accurately and take advantage of those opportunities because he's going to get one-on-one opportunities against the style of uh, defense that the Chiefs play. And uh, we, we've seen his ability to separate against uh, – well, we've seen it all season. He just hasn't really been able to take advantage of those opportunities, and he did against uh, the Chargers. But, yeah, you're going to have to try to hit some big plays. It's, it's going to be really hard to try to move the ball methodically against this Chiefs defense drive after drive. So we'll see how – the Raiders are able to take advantage of those opportunities when the weather is not going to be really cooperating. All right, next question here is from Drunk Rally Monkey. Uh, he wants to know, uh, were AP and the other coaches upset at Nesta Jade Silvera about the Instagram live video? Is that what led to him getting inactive and then cut? Obviously, that video came out. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it was posted after, was it the first win of, uh, yeah, the, so the win over the Giants. And just kind of you know got got clipped and, and spread around. I think this week Nesta with with a cigar celebrating and then uh, complaining about not getting playing time. And uh, and since then he's he's been inactive and was waived this week. Uh, you know a guy that I I don't know. There were some times during training camp where he got a little bit of hype. Um, obviously did not really have a role at all in this team this season. But you know, he was a guy that had played for Antonio Pierce at Arizona State. So you thought there might be uh, some connection there, but uh, but he's gone. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that video was a while back, and I'm not sure if he was talking about the previous regime or the current regime. I'm not really sure who he was talking about, so I, I don't know if that was the reason he was cut. I just think um, you know, Pierce has mentioned guys have a chance to practice to kind of make a name for themselves and kind of show that they deserve to be on there, and I think he hasn't done that. He had one shot, I think it was okay, but I think, you know, in terms of depth and guys are practice squad and then the back end of your roster, you want to take chances on guys. You know, the guys are out there you want to look at, and if you have necessary value, you're like, well, I mean, we kind of know what he is, and you can always bring him back at some point if you want to. So I don't see it as being a huge, like, you know, cultural thing where he talked bad, so we have to cut him. Yeah, I also think, like, you know, while he had some flashes um, in a few one-on-ones in training camp, like, it wasn't like he was, like, setting the world on fire in the preseason or in his limited time playing in a regular season. And, um, you know, he's a seventh-round pick at the end of the day. Like, we see seventh-round picks get cut, like, every year, like, in mass, like – it's more of a surprise that he made the roster um, than, than this outcome happens. And so I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. Um, like, like Vic said, he could be back on the practice squad in some capacity. You would think with 
the ties that he has with Antonio Pierce, although he didn't play for him at Arizona State because that was the year he came to the Raiders. You know, he, he recruited him there, and so they have a relationship, and there's there's a level of familiarity. And so, you know, we'll see. But I don't think it's, uh, you know, like you said, Jimmy, like he didn't didn't have a role this year anyway. So I don't think it changes a whole lot for them right now. All right, here, uh, another question here from Skate Snow H2O Dad. Uh, he says, who is an OC candidate? That <laughs> These names trust? are... <laughs> <laughs> Who is a candidate? Uh, who is the OC candidate that we can trust to develop a young QB going forward? It's my main concern if the Raiders go with AP as head coach. Well, I mean, looking around at like the staffs that are probably going to get fired, I mean, why not give Washington a call? See, see what's going on with Eric Bieniemy. You know, I mean, he, you know, played a role in the development of you know the best quarterback in the league, Patrick Mahomes. Sam Howell this year is. He's, he's been a boomer bust player, but he was up there in passing yards leaders for a while and took a big step forward. You know, I mean, if, if if he doesn't get any head coaching opportunities, which, you know, based on his history, it seems like he's he's not what for whatever reason going to break through on that front. He'll probably be looking for another offensive coordinator job. And if you can offer him a hefty sum and, you know, maybe associate head coach role or something of that nature, then maybe that's enough to get him over to Las Vegas. Yeah, I think they got the money now, and they got the, you know, like you said, they have the associate head coach title, which they can throw out there, which is kind of, uh, I think it'll be attractive to some people and get, like, a big-name guy. I think uh, people are going to scoff, but, you know, Adam Gase has got ties with Champ Kelly. He's been around a little bit of the building and kind of sniffing around, so that's a guy who had some success way back when before he was a head coach, and their name's out there. I mean, Frank Smith, the guy with Raiders ties, I mean, I'm not sure he wants to make that kind of move because he's looking probably for a head coaching job, but... Um, there are guys out there where if you offer them enough money and a title and a chance to kind of really put their name on this thing and kind of you know, put their stamp on it. Like if the Raiders' offense uh, is improved next year, this guy will get all the credit and be you know definitely a head coach candidate uh, somewhere, if not if not here. So I think um, I think it's a pretty attractive job. I think Mark Davis has shown he's got he's got some money to spend now. He doesn't care too much about the uh, the bottom line as much as he did in the past. So I think that's a that's a positive sign. I think something else would be a part of it is. Once once the new regime is in place, like what what's the plan this offseason? Like, is it to go draft a young quarterback that you have a lot of upside in? Is it to stick with Aiden O'Connell? Are you keeping Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs? Are you moving on from them? Like, I think that could factor into, like, you know, how attractive this job in terms of the offensive personnel may or may not be to potential candidates as well. And so I'm sure as they fill out a staff, all that will be – they may not know the final answers, but their intention – you know, on those on those uh, kind of question marks about the roster would be pretty important as well. The enemy be a pretty interesting name, but if if he gets hired, I would imagine they would probably go hard after uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, Jaden Daniels, right? Or is it McDaniels? <laughs> Jaden Daniels. Daniels. <laughs> well, he won the Heisman, wow. dude. Why would you Why would you correlate the two of them together? <laughs> no, it's just. O'Connell doesn't fit his, his style of offense at all. You know, they, they want a, a, a quarterback that could create a little bit and then use his legs. And uh, O'Connell's not that type of quarterback. So I, I would think, you know, they would go after a guy like Daniels if the enemy be with the B uh, is the guy. And I, that, I think that'd be a pretty exciting thing for uh, the Raiders if they're able to get both those guys. Couldn't Aiden do like those like uh, beach workouts that like Rocky did and kind of get on the off season to kind of re- redo his whole body and like work out and you know, the speed bag with Apollo Creed and I think his body is what it is at this point. Yeah, pretty much. 
All right, here's a good question from Anthony Forty. He says, how realistic is the scenario where the Raiders get a new offensive-minded head coach and revamp the offensive side of the ball, but leave the defensive side intact, including AP staying on staff? Is there any NFL precedent for an interim coach staying on the following year in a non-head coach capacity? I didn't research it, but off the top of my head, I do know of one. Like Jim Tom Sula with the Niners, the, yeah. the, when he was an in, you know, he was an assistant, was an interim, came back as an assistant, and then years later ended up being, you know, the one-year head coach. Um, so that's that's at least one. I mean, it's um, there. There might be others. Yeah, it's rare, but it you know it's happened. And like you said, I mean, I don't think uh, you know AP was a position coach. I don't know if he's going to suddenly have defensive coordinator opportunities elsewhere if they don't you know pick him up uh, as as the head coach or not. And so maybe um, I think Patrick Graham. You know, more so than AP, I think it's about Patrick Graham and what he's done as a defensive coordinator on that side of the ball. You would think that, again, unless Patrick Graham gets you know a head coaching opportunity or something of that nature, um, you would want to keep him in place with what they've done on that side of the ball, especially considering their, their personnel. You know, while they have some players, you know, obviously a superstar, Max Crosby, and some guys that have stepped up, it's still not like you wouldn't look at it on paper and be like, this is a top ten unit. I don't think any of us expected that before the season, and so. Uh, what they've done on that side of the ball, uh, you know, any head coach is going to want to bring in, you know, reconstruct the, the staff and their image. But I, I can't imagine why somebody want to replace Graham, given what they've, they've done this year. Yeah, to me, it sounds messy. I can't I can't really. I mean, it's hard to imagine that AP would take uh, a step back and if he didn't get the full time job. And then also the Graham thing makes it even, even trickier. So I would think it's uh, pretty much all or nothing for, for AP at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not a huge chance of that happening, but if it were to happen, maybe he does. There are position coaches that are, you know, assistant head coach, has that assistant head coach title too. So I imagine if it were to happen, that would be the road you go down. And um, I don't know if you feel like that's a prestigious enough title to decide to stay on staff because he might not get an opportunity like that again if he doesn't get this uh, Raiders job. I will say we also know head coaches are very paranoid, and um, given how much sway AP has, I think that would be, a, you know, that might be a tough sell to, to you know, keep him on staff. And I mean, we saw it with the Panthers uh, when it was a different setup, but like their, their interim head coach was a carryover from the previous staff. And, um, you know, our Joe Person reported that there was some two different factions amongst the assistant coaches based on who was already there and who was new and that kind of shit. And so, yeah, it, it could get messy, so. Um, it's probably a uh, a long shot on that front. Kenny twenty four wants to know, or Keeney Keeney twenty four. We got three three E's in there. Uh, with how thorough the process is to hire general managers and coaches, what do you think is a realistic timeline for both hires to be made for the Raiders? Um, and that's really going to come down to the candidates that you're interested in, and you know how deep do they go in the playoffs? Um, you know, do do you want to talk to Ben Johnson? He's going to be, you know, one of the hottest names uh, on this market. And, uh, you know, I know there's the report that his agent then refuted about him wanting $15 million a year, which, like, people are reacting in a certain way to that. Josh McDaniels, who, you know, was at times over his career highly coveted. I don't know that he really was at the time the Raiders hired him. I mean, he got a $75 million six-year deal. That's, what, $12.5 million a year? So, I mean, if you're... If you're a guy who is being touted as like the, you know one of the top candidates on the market, and you already last year turned down jobs to you know or turned down opportunities to come back to the Lions, uh, 
to say that you want 15 million yeah it's probably about with you're gonna want teams uh competing for your services so i mean that's what it might take but yeah i mean in terms of a timeline i think it's just if, if you want to hire a, if you want to hire somebody you know off off a of staff you know off like let's say mike mcdonald and say the ravens get to the super bowl then uh you're, you're probably you're talking about february before you make that hire in terms of the sequencing of it, like I think the general manager hires gonna happen first. I mean, that's what Mark Davis said when I talked to him down at the owners meeting in Dallas. And so um, I think that process could play out relatively quickly, like maybe sometime in January. And then from there, I think they're gonna wanna conduct, you know, the head coach and search. And there's this new rule now where you can't interview assistants on playoff teams that are still in the playoffs until after the d- d- divisional round, I believe. And so that kind of stretches it into late January and like you said, if teams go into the Super Bowl into February, and so I think the head coaching decision could take take a little bit bit of time, but I think the I think the GM one will be wrapped up relatively uh, quickly on that front. Um, and also, you know, other thing you have to consider is, you know, if they go to college route, um, you know, the national championship game finishes up in, in January, so they could start exploring candidates on that side as well. But yeah, I mean, in terms of the the salaries and all that stuff, like. I don't really understand why fans care. Like it doesn't come out of your salary cap and like it really doesn't matter what your head coach makes like when it comes to like the construction of like your football team. So, I mean, I mean, whether it's 15 or 10 or 20, like what difference does it make? I wonder how much Jim Harbaugh wants. Well, he's apparently has a new, apparently has a new extension on the table from Michigan. So, I mean. But there's some more violations just came out and stuff. I don't know. I mean, uh. He's a, he's the guy who likes the attention. He likes to be courted, so I'm sure he'll be uh, having his feet in the water a little bit, testing with the interest. But um, and he has Raider ties. I mean, it's a name that always gets thrown around. But um, again, I think, like you said, I think uh, the GM thing will be first. I think Champ has a good chance at it, and then, uh, and we'll see. We got we got three games left to kind of uh, get an idea of what Mark wants to do. But um, I think you know, right now the ball is definitely in in, uh, in, in AP's. Uh, in court, he, if he can uh, kind of hold serve the last three games, I think he's got a, a, a real shot at it. All right, we'll go final question here before we make our predictions. Uh, this one from Joey Tompkins. He wants to know the biggest non-quarterback needs for next season. Any specific players to target? I mean, I, I think a, a lockdown corner would always be pretty high on that list. I think for this team, you know, just you know, somebody uh, that could be a playmaker in the secondary uh, would, would have to be pretty high. Um, you know, and more offensive line help be the two that I would I would I would target. Those two sunk and obviously a quarterback, but yeah, like you said but uh, yeah. quarterback. But the uh, biggest yeah. non quarterback league. Well, I, league I got you. Yeah, so yeah, the O line, I think cornerback. I think the linebackers have been uh surprisingly, you know, effective this year. I think you've got some guys that you know the safety's kinda of stepped up a little bit and been good role players, so and D tackles have kinda of stepped up. So yeah, you always love to get the uh, impact pass rusher. We'll see if they got one in last year's draft, but I think you're right. O line and, and cornerback would seem like the two ones that jump out right now. Defensive tackle, I think for me, like I know the, their their unit has been solid this year, but just a real game wrecker on the interior just feels like what this this unit is missing. And you know, it would be would have been nice for them to have uh, Jalen Carter in the middle this year, I'm sure. But yeah, it is one of those types. I, I think that would help take a lot of pressure off of Max Crosby. I mean, he's, he's you know balling out regardless, but it would be even harder if you had somebody creating that interior pass rush and even making more plays in the run game. And so I think those would probably be the top three, offensive line, D-tackle, and then, then cornerback. You probably want upgrades at both guard and, guard and tackle, too. It's been it's been a while since the Raiders had a really good interior. And um, again, we, I don't think, like you guys said, we probably won't get a chance to see how Mumford would 
play at tackle. So who knows if they're going to, they'll probably need a young tackle too, but getting a, a good guard would be, I think, uh, pretty impactful for this team. All right, it is prediction time. What is going to happen on Christmas morning? We all—it it was amazing, guys. I, you know, we didn't—we didn't record before last Thursday night's game, but we actually all picked a 63-21 victory. It, it was amazing. We all wrote, wrote it out of the sheet of paper before we even shared our predictions. Uh, so we were all we're, we're on the money last week. Um, no, obviously not. But what's going to happen uh, Monday at Arrowhead? Yeah, I got the Chiefs. I think it's going to be close, but I think the Chiefs win. I'm gonna go 24 to 21 over the Raiders. Um, Game-winning field goal. So, I think the Chiefs pull out another tight one, but the Raiders fight and you know don't get embarrassed on on national TV and miss miss out on a close one. I, I teased earlier. I got the Chiefs. Uh, I'm gonna go 24 13. I think. Um, I just think uh, the offense probably takes a step back after last week's huge uh, performance. Hater, hater, man. I actually have that exact score, 2014. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, Jimmy's yeah. going to be the contrarian here. You gotta... <laughs> I mean, the, the Chiefs just always find a way to get above 20, even against defenses playing well, I feel like. I mean, And I, I think they, they have found something with Rasheed Rice, um, and Pacheco's going to come back. So I, I see them grind out 24 points, and I think the Raiders will move the ball. I just don't think that they'll finish these drives and – the red zone. I think weather will play a factor. Uh, you know, I, I think if there was better conditions, then maybe Trey Tucker could be a bigger part of this game. about Trey Tucker. I mean, I just think the way that the Chiefs play defense, you're going to have these one-on-one opportunities, and you know, with the with the way he could separate, I, I you know, I, I think you know maybe getting a big play from him or, or two could be impactful in this game. But I just don't think the weather is going to uh, um, allow that. Ted's very week to week, man. Like if a guy if a guy has a good week, <laughs> he is like Bayer Mumper, Trey Tucker. Uh, who was it again? Isaiah Palomao earlier this year when he had interceptions. Like it's, it's I like it. Father and him, Cole brought Father back and any uh, Brandon Parker talk. <laughs> nah, they haven't, no, haven't even mentioned sure, him though. him being back. Um, the Chiefs can't catch the ball in the dry weather. Who the hell says they're going to be able to catch the ball in the wet weather? Christmas morning victory, 21-17 Raiders. You don't believe that. You don't believe that. You can't even keep a straight face when you're saying that. Who's scoring for the Raiders? Who's scoring for the Raiders? Not Trey Tucker. (laughs) 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 Devontae gets a touchdown. Jacobs gets a touchdown. and, And Myers gets a touchdown. I mean, <laughs> you think it's all about Trey Tucker in your world. No defensive know, touchdown? Mean, no defensive touchdown? How many touchdowns did they score last week? I mean, I, I'm picking three touchdowns. <laughs> how, how many? Uh, how, picking 21 points. Like, I can't throw touchdowns around like every like Tic Tacs. Come on. Uh, you're underrating John, uh, John Jenkins' touchdown here. I love John Jenkins' touchdown. I mean, Jack Jones was better, but um, Jenkins' was great. Man, if they went 21-17... That means two guys will get the head coaching jobs next year. Uh, Pierce and uh, Patrick Graham will go somewhere else to get a head coaching <laughs> job. They hold my 17 points on national TV. So that's a big – I like that prediction. Two, two guys get head coaching jobs off this game. Hey, man, I'm, head, I'm handing out head coaching jobs left and right. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, everybody. Well, that'll wrap up this episode of State of the Nation. We hope everybody has a great weekend, great holidays. Uh, enjoy Monday, and uh, we'll be back next week. Merry Christmas. Later. Happy holidays. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check. All right, here we go. 
Blame it on my own sick pride. Blame it on my ADD, baby. Sam. Sam. Sam.